0: I say that every week, make connections that break through the illusion of separation. Today, we're going to explore the magic of connection. What does that mean? You're invited to manifest more love in your lo- relationships and stay connected with your community, even when you're confronted with negative energy. My guests today will show us how the energies that connect all people, all life, are essential. Instead of trying to cut something out of your life, we'll explore the alchemical process of transforming and transmuting energies. Sound intriguing? I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your heart and mind, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce my guest. After graduating from Texas A&M in 3 years, Michelle Welch earned a Juris Doctorate from Baylor Law School. She served as a Briefing Clerk for the Tyler Court of Appeals before becoming an Assistant District Attorney in Dallas County, and then opened her own private practice. As Michelle became more comfortable going public with her intuitive and psychic abilities, she started to share them with her colleagues which led to her helping with court cases and jury selection. Today, Michelle is the co-founder of Soultopia Academy, the co-owner of three holistic boutiques in Dallas Metroplex and host of the Soul What podcast. As a psychic medium, medical intuitive and energy healer, Michelle specializes in helping people gain clarity, discover their soul's purpose, transmuting trauma, and claim self-empowerment. She's an ordained minister, Reiki master, and a crystal healer master. She's the author of The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords and Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life. Welcome to the show, Michelle.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you here. And I
0: have to tell you, I'm we're having some technology glitches and there's so much happening. And and I feel like all of a sudden this warm presence when your voice came in, like, OK, we're here. Everything is going to be OK. So I'm so glad to hear your voice and I'm so glad you're here. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Maybe not the typical interview you typically get, Michelle. We'll see where we go with this because there's so much happening on the planet. And I'll explain that in a minute, too. But first, I want to start with our traditional first question here on the Dr. Julie show. And that is, can you explain to our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you?
2: To me, all things connected is literally everything everyone any anything anyone that we can imagine and not imagine is all connected and it's all one in fact i recently on my podcast had an astrophysicist on from uh, he graduated from i believe stanford he just came out with a book called a quantum life and I asked him, do you believe that all things are connected and all things are one? And he said, yes. And it's really neat to see how quantum physics and astrophysicists, astrophysicists um, are beginning to fold into and believe what, maybe for lack of a better word, spiritual seekers and metaphysics, uh, metaphysical people believe and they're starting fold to fold together the oneness of all the connectedness of all mm. yeah
0: thanks michelle thanks yes it's so fun that um we're not having to prove that anymore on this show we've been running for eight years we don't have to uh, you know try to bring in the evidence it's just this it's really a nice flow of the given it just it just emerges and flows forward over and over again in different ways so it's really fun that that's where we're at now. I, I love your story. And I'm I'm so intrigued. I can't, I can't wait to just hear this from you in your words. But the contrast and the relationship between lawyer and psychic, it intrigues me. So when did you first tell us about your story? When did you first know you were psychic, that you had these intuitive abilities? And what was that like for you growing up and navigating this path? for Michelle that goes through law school and, and to where you're at now?
2: I knew that I was something <laughs> uh, from a very young age, and we hear that a lot, but I didn't know it was anything different. Uh, I was in a very, let's say, uh, religious upbringing. I was in church. I went to church a lot. And but, and I'm writing about this in my second book. Uh, the one that I'm working on right now, it I I would, it was very real to me because I would point. We would be singing maybe Heart the Herald Angel Sing" at Christmas or something like that, and I'd be going in there. They are and pointing, and uh, and and people were like, "Okay, no, we're not going to talk about that." Uh, so I knew from a very young age, but I didn't understand why people would talk about spirits or talk about. Uh, uh, angels or whatever it is uh, are different things, but yet they didn't have the same perspective that I did. So it started, but I didn't know it was being, I was a psychic. I mean, I didn't know what word to put to it. And that certainly wasn't going to be the, the word that my parents would put to it. Uh, so I had a lot of one of the funny stories is that I remember being taken to the doctor because I had a lot of headaches and really bad headaches for a child. And the typical things we hear that not terrors and things like that. And they prescribed orange juice for me to drink. So uh, that I guess that was the cure for whatever was a psychic is to drink orange juice. And so I, to this day, I don't like orange juice at all, but I drank a lot of orange juice. And so it was it was more in a religious setting. Uh, maybe it was more appropriate if it was a word from God or a word from the Lord in this, the setting I grew up in. And then Fast forward to law school, not really spiritual at all, kind of over it all the religion of everything, but kind of trying to be a good person, but really just wanted to be the best lawyer there was and to be a best good lawyer that especially trial lawyer that equated with to me, you need to be tough especially as a female at that time. You need to be tough. You need to, and that's, I don't come across as tough, but I was working at the DA's office. Then I was a criminal defense lawyer. I was going in and meeting with really tough people. And so it was really, I I took on a pretty tough exterior. Even while raising my children, I was trying to just be this kind of, you know, kind of hard Harder person, like I, nobody can hurt me, and that was phony and it wasn't working for me. I wasn't really happy in my life, and then I knew that something had to change and I needed to open myself up to my spirituality because I always had that and I missed that and I missed the spiritual aspect of that, and so. How it tied into law is I used law to pick juries. I used, law, um, excuse me, my psychic knowingness to pick juries. I used it all through my law career, which was a long one. And I still can practice law if I want to. I'm still licensed, but I really don't have time. But I I just didn't know. I thought, oh, I'm really, really, really smart. Well, I wasn't really that sm- I Maybe I'm smart, but I was really getting a lot of guidance. From my higher self, or from source or for me, my guides, but really, it's my higher self of picking that jury and knowing you know which p- jury to pick and that inner knowingness. So it all did tie together. and it was just what name to put on it. And I had it all uh, and and I really first encountered it, I think was when I said something about my uncle and said something that was crawling around in his brain. And it really was not a nice way to say it as maybe a little child, but I didn't know any better. And it turned out that he had a month later, we found out he had terminal brain cancer. So that happened as a very young child. You don't know how to say things, but yet yeah, you have this knowingness. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So. So, Michelle, I'm going to flip flop that with you. I can see how you integrated the intuition and your psychic abilities into law, but I'm going to flip-flop it. I've been a psychotherapist for 34 years and it really served a purpose as I moved into cultural and planetary healing. I, I honed my psychic and visionary gifts and learned how to put them into service for a higher calling. So I'm wondering how you understand your pursuit of a law degree and a law practice now in relationship to your gifts and your soul calling of where you're at. So flip-flopping it as far as that integral role of the foundation, how does the law degree become an integral part of your journey that brings you to who you are now? Do you see a relationship with that?
2: Uh, If you're asking how do I, would I use the law degree or how did the law degree get me to where I am? uh, Which one are you asking me?
0: I'm asking kind of a hybrid of both of those. I'm just curious if you see a, a divine purpose on your path that you went through law school. And I'm I'm doing this for a lot of our listeners because oftentimes we'll think we took a wrong a wrong path and we went there, but all paths lead to the same place. I'm wondering how you've integrated that part of your journey into who you are today. And it's not like, ooh, that was a waste of time and money and da-da-da in years. It's really perhaps is foundational for who you are today.
2: Absolutely, 100%. I It was not a waste of time. It was exactly who I am. Uh, It developed me in so many ways in the sense of, first of all, it showed me that I don't have to prove myself to anyone. I thought... Law would would prove myself would would make me acceptable to people. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I, I really I am a driven person myself, but I didn't need to do that to please anyone or to prove myself to anyone. That's first, and it helps me to help others know that that you are okay the way you are. It's it's good to pursue your passions to to seek excellence in the things that you do which i absolutely believe in but i don't need to do that to prove anything to anyone and that is to me a very much a spiritual high calling to know my self-worth doesn't come from showing people that i have a piece of paper or reading off all the certificates that i have in whatever that that is not what makes me worthy of love or acceptance. So that's one thing that I really tie in. Also, I do believe that education of any sort and the purpose of it for me and preparing me uh, of how to present myself and how to strive for excellence and actually how to be, to To see people at their most vulnerable states, which I did, uh, whether I was a prosecutor or I was a defense lawyer or I was in my civil practice building three law firms and and with people every day who that lawsuit was the most important thing in their life. Like that's all they thought about. And every day I'm going, you know, I'm in trial or I'm talking to judges and, you know, we, it's not the most important thing for us, but it is for that client. And that's the same thing with what I do every day. Now people come in and it's their life. It's what's going on with them. And what I'm talking about, whether I'm doing energy work or whether I'm working with somebody doing an intuitive reading or whether I'm just talking to a friend that I look at that and I want to be present for them, knowing that that's the most important thing And their life at the time. And so I think I learned a lot through that with law too. But it was mainly growing Michelle up, maturing Mm -hmm. Michelle, and getting me on a path to know that I was worthy. Uh, Law was a lot of that, to know that um, I was worthy without a law degree. It's hard to explain it. But it took a long process for me to feel worthy despite that law degree. I don't don't know if I'm making that clear.
0: Uh, Yeah. yeah. You know, I um, for myself, when I became a licensed mental health practitioner and then, you know, a, a psychologist and got my degree, I heard my guidance was almost to um, legitimize like there was there was this process to legitimize the intuitive and legitimize the other aspects of self but after that journey I look back and it was almost to legitimize it with me like if 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 I'm using these gifts and abilities um, it doesn't mean you know it's kind of like us, transforming that woo-woo new age kind of thing. So that's the thing I love about your story is it really does that. And you also, you describe yourself as an empath and then a clair blend. And I love this term because I think I'm that too, but I don't even know how you're defining it specifically. So could you tell us what you mean by clair blend?
2: I, I think you probably are, and I think you yeah it's, it's, I, I love that you asked, so I came up with that, and I'm sure other people have used it, but it was you know people want to put us labels on us it. like what what kind of clear so you know clear seeing or clear hearing or clear you know clairvoyance uh, you know clear or clear audience, clear hearing, right and I started going through them I and I teach classes where you go through those clears, that that clear clear cognizance, just clear knowing. I just know things and I don't know why. Whatever, whichever one someone uses, uh clear gustance, you know, clear taste. Uh so and I thought this isn't I, I just have to be honest. I I couldn't I it did, at different times I would get different Claire's and it depended on the situation It depending on the who was sitting in front of me or what situation or how, you know, just in passing, somebody would just walk by me and all of a sudden something would come over me. And so that clear sense of whatever would be a blend and it might be a blend at the moment or it might be whatever was needed for that client and I could choose which one I needed So it was, I really have a blend of all of the Claire's and I couldn't really necessarily pick which one was necessarily strongest with me. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's why I said a Claire blend. And I think probably it doesn't mean they're all necessarily as strong. It's just that I'm not sure which one's going to come forward for me for a particular client and in a particular situation. I love
0: that. I love that. Thank you. That's a great definition and it's a good term. Um, And as we all begin to uh, have these gifts honing in you know they're they're coming forward more and more people are really embracing that and not chasing it off and just like our your childhood experience you know if you can't point to angels in the church and and you know we, we don't want you to do that it's it's weird it's scary it's whatever so i love that thank you for for doing for for bringing that that term forward i i think it's really helpful for all of those who are trying to understand these psychic abilities and gifts that are really turning on on the planet right now. So I also appreciate how you write over and over throughout the book about prior unity, you know, we're one, interconnected, interdependent field of energy. You call it the field of energy. Some call it one social body within the one planetary body and the one cosmic body. But let's muse into the title of your book because I think it comes from this place of the field of energy and and what you're meaning, but I'm I'm really curious. What do you mean by the magic of connection, and how do we reawaken that magic? What does that really mean?
2: For me, it means really succinctly, I'm trying to do it succinctly, uh, is, is that for us, if we're all one, if we're all connected, and if we have that assumption, and, and and I hope we can get to where that assumption it wasn't feeling that way for some of us. Some of us feel chaos. Some of us are feeling disconnected and we're feeling, um, quite frankly, angry. Some some people are, we don't want to be connected with other people. We want to be cut off from other people. And I wanted to bring back the fact that our connection, even though we might not always agree with everyone, we can have this magical connection by transforming or transmuting, which is alchemy, changing. It is magic the way we view the energy that we're dealing with uh, because it really is energy, you know, taken uh, energy without <laughs> comparison. Uh, there's really no defining it. You have to kind of compare it to something else, uh, the law of relativity. I mean, you, you have to taken in a vacuum, you're not going to know what it feels like. So I the, the magic of it is is the fact that we can be and we are connected to everyone and everything, but we're just maybe on a different vibe and a different frequency. So I really take a step by step by step through in the book, through understanding that and understanding those laws of the universe, that people just used to spout around at me. And people would throw all these terms around, and I didn't even understand what they were talking about half the time. And, you know, and they would just throw all these terms around. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, and I don't mean it ugly. I just be like, okay, talk to me just in English. Tell me what you mean by being connected to someone. What do you mean? Do you mean we are corded together and, and we actually, I believe we all are to all our memories and to everything. And it doesn't have to be a horrible thing. We can heal those things. And it, that to me is magical when we do for ourselves, we don't have to worry always about the other person right away. We can just do that. that well, We talk about the forgiveness for ourselves and that is magical.
0: mm. That is magical, and you do say that we are all corded together. Oftentimes, um, from the New Age movement, we've heard that we have cords with those who we're closest with, and and then you know some of the advice that you write about in the book. Its whole purpose of the book is that we've been taught to cut. Those cords. When it's time to leave the energy, or it's energy draining, or it's negative, just speak um, briefly for that before break, and we'll dig into that a little bit deeper after break again. But what do you mean by we are all corded, and the idea now is not to cut the cords, but to do that transformation and transmutation that you talk about?
2: Well, it's not brief, but the brief the brief answer would be that. I would invite people, if it if they're willing to, to try it, to heal cords and those cords, those etheric connections. And I don't believe we're just corded to bad situations or good situations. I believe we're corded to everything and everyone. And there's no degrees of separation, really. And that instead of cutting those cords, we still have boundaries. I want that to be very clear. Um, we still have boundaries. but. Those memories, those traumas, those cords, those connections to uh, even political figures, whatever it is, or or to uh, the moon, whatever connection or cord we have can be healed instead of always perpetuating a trauma upon a trauma in order to heal because those cords, that will always fire back up. I saw it time and time and time again in lawsuits when people were trying to cut people out of their lives and cut things off. I saw it um, at women's shelters in abuse situations and I know I'm not saying to like the abuser and be best friends with the abuser. I'm saying heal. And I and I saw it time and time and time again when people tried to cut cords and came into my office and into my three stores. I see it all the time. So that's what I'm talking about.
0: Excellent. That's a that's a good introduction for us as we move into the second half. But I'm also gonna ask you a few interesting questions about what's going on on the planet right now so i hope you listeners stay tuned i'm dr julie krull you're listening to the dr julie show all things connected we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will explore more with michelle welch author of the magic of connection
1: This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Go, Caleb! Come on, hit a homer, Jesse! Let's go, guys! Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up?
0: Of course. I I knew that.
1: Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow, Jinx. (laughs) Did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? Yeah? It's pretty obvious. Yeah, Yeah. so obvious. Oh, hey, guys. Did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not?
0: Huh. I didn't know that.
1: I'm pretty sure I knew that.
0: I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
1: Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Her two new oncogene, aromatase inhibitor, ductile carcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? This is Olivia Newton-John. As soon as you get your diagnosis, you can go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer.
0: Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio.
1: Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired
0: by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. And on the leading edge of personal, social, and global transformation, I invite you To be a conscious way shower, a change agent, and make connections that inspire and accelerate our collective awakening and planetary healing. Stay connected every week with my newsletter where you'll find meaningful content, opportunities, inspiration, and of course, connections to make the links of replays, what you're listening to right now. So if you sign up for the email, it'll always be in your inbox every week. You can do that by signing up at Julie Crawl Email. Com. Again, that's Julie Kroll, K-R-U-L-L, email.com. And today I'm here with Michelle Welch. You can find so much more about her work at michellewelch.com. Again, that's michellewelch.com. Thank you, Michelle. Right before break, I asked you about cutting cords and um, this whole idea of transforming and transmuting energy is so important i couldn't agree with you more and i do believe that there is no separation you know we are one unified field of consciousness according to the new science so in your opinion what's the difference between transforming energies and transmuting them is this all the same alchemical process
2: it's close It's close, but there's a little bit of a difference. And I guess the best way I could describe the difference is by an example. My best example really is transforming to me is kind of dressing up the energy. Like, let's just dress it up and make it look a little bit different. Uh, and, And transmuting it is really, we're changing it really changing the form of energy because we can because we know energy is it just changes form there's a limited amount never goes away it only changes form so the example would be you know putting a drop of red dye into water that transforms it but turning water into wine that's magical. That's alchemy. That is a literally, really changing that into something else, not mm-hmm. to look like something else, and to really change, to change it. And so I use it, you know, just it, to transmute. To me, even feels different. I, I mean, and I know it's it's it, 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 I kind of started saying, is this just semantics? But it feels different. So when I'm transforming something, I I feel like, okay, I'm trans, I'm going to transform this. But it seems like I keep, I'm not going to say you never have to transmute again. I can't go there necessarily yet. But when I'm transmuting, I really feel like I'm in this magical moment, this process. Truly, we are magical. And I just, I hold my hands out. And I really just think about i am molding this thought even this thought i have jealousy perhaps into something completely different a lot of times it's my thoughts that i'm having to mold into something different it's not necessarily what somebody's doing to me i'm managing my energy my thoughts of wow well, i don't i don't really particularly like how i'm handling that or how that what I'm feeling. And, you know, with a counselor, with help, uh, too, when I need it, you know, I can transmute that energy into something else.
0: Mm. You know, one of the other things that you wrote about here um, that I really love that caught my attention and, and really kept me in this contemplative space was when you wrote that we absolutely should recycle every type of energy we can from plastic to negative emotions they're all the same thing just different forms of energy so i know you're talking transform and transmute but yeah. when you talked about recycling the same process from energy to plastic like to me that just like caught me in my tracks and really helped me feel and experience what you were talking about there to 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 imagine Recycling plastic is the same as recycling energy.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a great one, too. And it's always caught me that how we always, or at least I would do this, and I, I learned it somewhere, to send that, send it to Mother Earth, let her take care of it, or, you know, send it to the light, let, let it be taken care of, you know, or just... You know, send all that uh, you know ground to Mother Earth and let her take care of it. I always now I say and send some energy to Mother Earth. You know, we we say we recycle, but we're just having her take care of everything too. So really, going green is for us to give back to Mother Earth with our energy, you know, and not just always be taking, taking, taking from the energy, too. And so I'm real big on now when I do my meditations is to, yes, root down into Mother Earth, but also send a little energy down to her, too, a little love down into Mother Earth instead of just rooting down and pulling up her energy.
0: mm thank you thank you that's a an important piece we often don't think about and and so we are in an important pinnacle moment here on our planet we are in a time of conscious evolution where that we're we're really working on global transformation and global transmuting of lifetimes of negative energies that we've accrued As we've lived through this illusion of separation, you know, as a young species in adolescence, um, we lived in that illusion of separation and now we're growing up. So, Michelle, I'm just curious, what is your understanding of what is going on at this time on the planet? You describe yourself or you describe it as that oneness of all that we've been talking about and I'm just curious if you have any visions or predictions of of what we're doing right here, right now in 2021.
2: It's interesting because, isn't it? I mean, every, we all know it's interesting, but <laughs> that's profound. It's interesting. Uh, in the midst of feeling like we're going through this global change of, Connect, you know, a connectivity at the same time, it feels like a great divide in many ways, and that maybe it has taken a great and I'm very careful how I say this, uh, because people are quite sensitive, um, and and with good reason, many people, but uh, sometimes. I think we're. It feels to me that we're we're being shown that are we in? And I, I never thought I'd be saying this because it gets repeated so much. But it's it's repeated because it's true. Are we in our? Are we understanding that we're in our just our earthly selves, or are we thinking things of things from a higher perspective? What's the higher perspective? What's going on versus? Only the ego or earthly's perspective of what's going on, and I, I think that the what seems to be division and change and a lot of negative emotions and vibrations and negative vibes. I mean, the hatred that seems to be going on by uh, with a lot of people. the the flip of that, I mean, like I was trying to say earlier and i botched up, it was, you know, there's no distinction without comparison where there's dark, there's light. I mean, I believe in duality and I believe that it is taking that to get us to the next level of consciousness. Although it's always been there. I believe in parallel universes. So I believe somewhere we're, we're already there. Uh, So it's, it's it's just so interesting to me, and I it, I don't have words for it. Uh, the how much there's this great divide, but yet there's this great connection at the same time, and they're overlapping, and people are connecting through a great divide. And nobody, I don't think anybody can doubt how much of divide we have, but how much I believe the connection is going to and come out of it. Not the fact that we, of course, we already are connected, but how much we're going to start feeling it and the talk, hopefully the dialogue that is respectful um, and authentic and honest and true and where people really listen can come out of it that will take us to a higher level of consciousness and relating to one another on that higher self uh, as opposed to that ego self.
0: That's a, that's a good way. I I like to explain it in just um, those terms as a developmental thing that where we're seeing separation is in a consciousness of separation, which is, you know, it's a lower, it's a lower, I hate to put it in hierarchies because people think there's a, a better or a worse, but developmentally as an adolescent species, we see everything as separate And therefore, the polarizations are becoming more and more extreme right now as we're really evolving. A lot of humanity is already evolving into this next level, this next developmental level as a species into our early adulthood. Uh And that's where the magic of connection is, as we know that. So even the idea of parallel universes is we have literally two different worldviews existing on our planet right now. And one is breaking down and one is emerging and breaking through. So I appreciate you saying that I'm going to stretch it a little bit more. I'm going to ask you to, to just breathe with me here and mm-hmm. contemplate this. Cause as we're recording this message, it's world unity week mm-hmm. and many global leaders and conscious individuals are coming together all over the planet to focus on the healing that we're talking about right now, but to focus on being in the magic of connection like to to be the magic of connection itself so I'm wondering um, a lot of the focus of these leaders is that this is our decade this is this precipice of change that during this this decade we're really doing this thing we're we're really coming into unity consciousness and making it work so I'm wondering if you, tapping into your higher wisdom, your higher guidance, what do you see coming up in this next decade?
2: I see. I see a little more... Polarization. It, 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 as a reader, I'm just going to tell as an intuitive. I, I I not I do not see right away a coming together. Uh, I want to say that I do. Will it come in the next decade? I hope, and I hope we can bring that about. And we're certainly from. Uh, I'm being interviewed today by a radio station um, later, and they're asking, why are people flooding into stores like mine? Why? Why are we seeing 200% growth? You know, what are they seeking? And so because of that, I, I would say, if that gives me hope that we, Maybe in the next de- decade, we are headed towards evol- You know, evolving as a species. Like to use what you were talking about. I, I, I don't know exactly what they're saying is going to happen in the next decade, but that's what I'm seeing. Just as I'm, because I just h- hear so much of the, the polar, the, just the. I get very distraught by the the anger, and you know, I have to transmute a lot of that, um the the distress that I feel. But do I think it will bring about some change that is needed? Yes, I do. Uh, is that on some lower level? I don't know. but um to answer your question, I, I think more divisiveness, but I believe we're headed in the right direction and, and right, right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. But in an ascension direction, I will tell you, one of the things I say or reasons I wrote the book is I people was all, were always saying to me, oh, we're ascending, we're ascending. We're oh, we're, we're so enlightened. And I was like, I don't see it around. And maybe that sounds really negative, but I really didn't see a lot of that. And and so, of course, it should begin with me. But I really didn't see a lot of from people who were saying that. And so I hope that that's where we're headed.
0: Mm. So thank you. Thank you. I want to ask you, I'm going to keep on this path. But first, I just want to pause and just acknowledge this book for the listeners that there's over like 50 different exercises in here. There's a whole toolkit in the back of the book. It's so um, rich and full of good advice, um, directions, everything. The, the toolkit and sidekicks are really, 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 really helpful. It, it's amazing from transmuting mantras and um chords to looking at stones and crystals to um herbs and i mean there's just so much here so it is the best of the best of um like you said why are they coming into your store and sales are up that much in a metaphysical store you explain why in this book It, it is really full of that so congratulations on that i've had Michelle, many conversations with intuitives and healers around COVID. And I think this is an important piece for our listeners to to really try to understand what's happening, because at the same time, we're having all these breakdowns, you're you're talking about the polarization, the, the anger, the upheaval, all of these, the negative energies that we're seeing, a lot of people carry fear and worry about this virus and what's happening in this Um, global pandemic. So I'm wondering what you see um, with the COVID-19 virus. Is there a spiritual significance to this pandemic that we're going through?
2: Well, I would say yes, because I think there's a spiritual significance to everything. Uh, So I don't mean to be flippant when I say that, but I, I really do. So I think there would be a spiritual significance. I think it has given people a time to on a big scale i'm not I'm not sure I'm ready to to know exactly what that is. It's been confusing for everyone, but I've thought what I have seen and I've seen a lot of loss i've I've had a lot of clients with with loss um, as we all have uh, or all have had friends and family members. Or I would assume, at least, you know, or friends of, I, on that, I have seen hope come out of it. I've seen, there is a lot of fear, but I'm starting to see some hope. I'm starting to see, uh, and it's not because I live in Texas. Okay, uh, Texas is an interesting state when it comes to you know what we've gone through with COVID. Uh, it's a very uh, talk about polarized. You know, it's a very uh, interesting state. But I'm talking about just individual people and their feelings around COVID and their uh, and their loved ones and things like that. I'm starting to see even those who've lost loved ones. Some of them. I was asked uh, by someone recently, have you had uh, clients or anybody who has had visitations from their loved ones from COVID? And I have. I mean, people who will say, you know, I really feel my father around me much more than I ever did before. And so I have seen some hope from come from it. And the fear seems to be dissipating. I do think fear, it, it, there's a thought form of, and I use that loose, that term loosely here, of the more people keep saying, you know, there's going to be another wave, there's going to be another wave, there's going to be another wave, and they're sure of it, and they're positive, and that's what gets put out there. I keep thinking, well, yeah, you're creating another wave by saying it over and over and over and over again. There's a, you know, a, a, a point at which you've, someone creates that thought form. And I, there's there's a healthy responsibility to warn people, of course. And I'm, I'm not being political here. I, I'm just saying it, the more we say, I'm going to get sick, I'm going to get sick, or I'm going to uh, not get the job, I'm not getting the job, I'm not getting the job, I'm not getting the job, of course we know that that creates our reality. So I think there's a, all kinds of spiritual things that have happened around COVID. And I think that it's pushed us again to have to learn how to communicate better with one another and to, to talk to one another and even families to that maybe don't agree on things to spiritually, what are they going to do? How are they going to communicate? So it's pushed the boundaries of a lot of spiritual Ultimately, spiritual conversations, in my opinion. Mm.
0: And you know, I, I I'm just hearing your words in the book, as you're talking right now of of all these strained relationships and the the fear and the worry and then the polarization in different ways, and your sound advice to heal those negative energies, to heal the frayed and broken or disconnected cords that are there, that to, to really bring us back to wholeness is to come back in to work on that transforming and transmuting of energies for ourselves and all of our relationships, even our relationship with the planet and with the virus. And, with, you know, it's all energy. It's the same thing. So I'm hearing your Your beautiful words echoing in many levels here, Michelle, and I appreciate that. We have about three minutes or so left, and I just want to give you an opportunity, if there's anything more that you want to share with our listeners that you haven't been able to yet, what would that be?
2: Mainly, I just wanted, for my book, I've talked about division a lot. I, I want to talk more about the hope. My hope from the book was to to tell people back to sort of that lawyer who thought she had to prove things. Me, uh, prove make to prove that I was worthy and all those things. I want to say that in uncertain times or in times where you feel on top of the world, uh, to to really look at yourself as your own superhero. We don't have to look to other people, and that. There are going to be days when we need help. We're not going to be perfect. We can't transmute energy perfectly. We can't magically do everything that day. Or we don't feel like it. Maybe we can. We just don't feel like it. And the book will give us tools like the crystals and things you mentioned to help us to do that. And there'll be other days where we just want to curl up in a ball and that's okay for a short period of time. There's no judgment of any of these states of being. But that we can begin to love ourselves. And then, as we do that and heal our cords of connection with even this virus, which mutates, by the way, transmutation very quickly, then we can begin to heal with other people. And that's really the message of my book. And that is the magic, I believe. Mm-hmm. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. So, I also just want to present this with the the tagline of your book: "Stop cutting courts and learn to transform negative energy to live an empowered life." You do a beautiful job not shaming the old way of being, the old message. You know, there's a lot of practitioners out there that might be tuned in and listening that say, what? You don't cut the cords? What's wrong with that? Yes, you do. Da, da, da. But you do a really beautiful job of, of helping the reader to understand that. And I just want to really bring that home and give you just a minute here to really bring that piece home, too, because there's a lot of, of, of listeners who are either healers themselves or have been to healers. And that has been the practice for several decades now.
2: And if it works for you, please know. I am not in any way intending to insult. Uh, I just, if try a new way, but if you don't need to try a new way, by all means, keep doing what works for you. And if that's the type of practice that you use and you, wholeheartedly believe in that then keep doing that Uh, we all have our different ways and that's why we all bring beautiful diversity to the world in the things that we offer Mm.
0: thank you michelle thank you for bringing your wisdom to the show today thank you so much for having me i appreciate it you're sure welcome and i want to leave you with listeners with the words of michelle welch The best way to deal with negative energy is to greet it head on and transmute it. Remember, energy never goes away and cannot be destroyed. It just changes form. Transmutation is the process of changing something into another nature, substance, form, or condition. And when it comes to negative energy and relationships, the bond does not need severing, the bond needs healing. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.